Welcome back to another Week in Review in our Sourced podcast. My name is Michael Crutcher and joining me as always is Jordan McDonald. Jordan, welcome. Hi, Michael, and hello to everyone listening. So what's in a name? This week we had a story about the change of name of a sporting venue that is quite well known in the world uh, sporting scene. Of course, we talk about the home of the Los Angeles Lakers and LA Clippers in the American NBA, and that is the Staples Center. But Jordan, this week, our first item on the Week in Review is to look at the change of names in venues and whether by changing a name, people will actually follow that and start calling something a different name. Tell us about what the Staples Centre will become. Yeah, so this week, the uh, the beloved Staples Centre is going to become, uh, well, it's, it's been released that the, the name's going to change to Crypto.com Arena and that'll be in place for the next 20 years. So it's a, it's a massive, massive deal. Uh, it's like, Money-wise, too, seven hundred million US for that over the next twenty years. So the Staples Center, which is so well known for over twenty years, even though I must say I didn't even know what Staples did, um, even though I have watched countless games on television from the Staples Center and know that it's the, the home of the Lakers, but uh, it's become Crypto.com Arena. So there's been a lot of discussion here about what that means a lot of uh, people who mm-hmm. are funnily enough quite um, attached to a corporate name which is what the staples center is it's a corporate name the fallout's been pretty strong but crypto.com i think jordan must be loving what's being said the last few days yeah they, they would be loving it the amount of coverage they would have seen in the last few days is is huge um but i uh i was particularly excited about the, the announcement i'm a I dabble in a bit of crypto myself, so I was pleased to see it. But um, for those who don't know, Crypto.com is a cryptocurrency platform and it's an exchange that's headquartered in Singapore. So it was founded in 2016 and uh, they've essentially been on a bit of a spending spree across global sports over the past year. So the platform has inked high visibility sponsorship deals with Formula One, the UFC, Italy's Serie A, uh, Paris Saint-Germain and the National Hockey League's Montreal Canadiens. Uh, and they also purchased the Philadelphia 76ers uniform sponsorship patch. So they're spending plenty. This has been the one they've got the most publicity from so far. And let's face it, the talk is that they'll change the venue name from Staples to Crypto.com for their Christmas Day game in the US, which is always a big day uh, for US uh, NBA, five games normally back-to-back on Christmas Day there. So that's probably not a bad day to start. But I guess it made us look and talk about the names of these venues and what audiences do with these names. And follows probably only two months here after what is the best-known local one in terms of Queensland, a Suncorp Stadium. Yep. So now since September that Suncorp had renewed for another 10 years. So... Okay. Began in 1994, Suncorp Stadium, of course, the uh, famous Lang Park, and now the 1994 agreement will continue for another decade, which makes it a really long-running arrangement in terms of what we see in global trends here. And I guess from a Brisbane point of view, the majority of people do just refer to it as Suncorp. We're going to Suncorp. I still hear a couple of old-timers say Lang Park, helped by the fact the ABC has a policy where it will only refer to grounds by non-sponsorship names if Mm. people know what they are. So it's Lang Park. 
even though it's been Suncorp Stadium now for uh, closing in on 30 years, they still say Lang Park. That helps it, I think, stay a little bit in, in people's memories. I still hear, heard it ref, hear it referred to every now and again as, Sun, as Lang Park among some mates. But that one there, but it's probably – that's a bit unusual, Jordan, isn't it? Because the trend is these names turn over pretty fast. And we know – up in Townsville, and we've seen a few stories this week about bad venue names. They've been pretty prominent after the Crypto.com announcement, but hey, let's face it, up in Townsville, we've had uh, Dairy Farmer Stadium and 1300 Smile Stadium, which are missing from those list of worst names for venues, mainly because they're American, but what's some of the coverage been about some of those worst venue names? Uh, some of the coverage I'm not 100% sure on, but I've certainly come across a, a long list of some pretty shocking names. Um, you know, with the crypto announcement, it's always interesting to have a look around. Um, some interesting ones I found were Guaranteed Rate Stadium. I know you found that one too. That was the Chicago yes, White Sox. Chicago White Sox field, Guaranteed yeah. Rate Field, that one. Yeah, so, uh, which has been about five years now, yeah. Yeah, the mortgage company <laughs> signed, to have, signed on to have its name through, uh, throughout to... At least 2029. That started in 2016, so yep. a long ways to go mm. there, actually. Another one I found, though, was Menderhose Jungle. So in 2013, the Castleford Tigers of Rugby's European Super League gave their stadium the new name. And uh, it's just a hydraulics company based in the UK that deals in hoses. <laughs> And gets good publicity from it too, I reckon. Probably, yeah. Well, and some of them too, I mean, the, the, talk about the change. I mean, one of the ones that I wasn't aware of, the rapid change, is where the Phoenix Suns play in the NBA, which is now Footprint Centre. But when I was younger, it was known as America West Arena, and it was for 15 years from about 30 years ago. And after America West Arena came US Airways Centre, Talking Stick Resort Arena, Talking Stick. which it was for five years. Then it became right. the PHX Arena, followed by very briefly the Phoenix Suns Arena, which is a radical name, mm-hmm. and then back to Footprint Centre. So if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, that I think does present some issues because my theory on this is that if you have something that is there long enough – as a name, audiences will get used to it. So it's funny going back to read some of the coverage of the announcement of guaranteed rate field for the Chicago White Sox. Now, it replaced what was called US Cellular Field. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's eventually known as Comiskey Park. That's the original name. So when Comiskey Park went to US Cellular Field back in the mid-2000s, there was people lamenting the fact that Comiskey Park had been renamed and they would never call it US Cellular Field. Now, when Guaranteed Rate Field came on the scene, I saw some coverage of it that said, we'll keep calling it US Cellular yeah. Field. Yeah. So I think if something's there long enough, people will call it that, After, even though there might be some outrage of what happens. I think when, and, and that's accentuated by the fact that that's what media calls it. So media calls it that all the time and yeah. people get used to that. So the venues that change ever quickly, I don't think they get that. I mean, that's pretty much in and out and it's not enough time for audiences to get used to it. Here's the one, though, that I find interesting and that is some of the venues that have decided not to give away the stadium name as such, but they incorporate a field name in there. So one of those ones for NFL fans is Arrowhead Stadium, which is the home of the Kansas City Chiefs in the U.S., so I didn't even know this, but Arrowhead Stadium is officially G-E-H-A Field okay. at Arrowhead Stadium. So it's called G-E-H-A Field at Arrowhead Stadium, but 
the the Chiefs always play at Arrowhead as far as I've always known. So that's the way you can be sort of half in there, but mm. I think you'd charge less money. Yeah, by the sounds of it. I wonder in the case of Phoenix, what do they actually call that stadium with that with so many changes? I don't, I don't know how frequent the name changes were. Do you know? Oh, yeah, that's uh, been four name changes in the last six years. Far out, hey? Yeah, yeah so... That's confusing for fans. It is, and there's not much value, I think, in that mm. in terms of a... Uh, my view is that you have to have a long-term deal to get value from it, um, and then people get used to that. And over time, the angst subsides, so... The, you know, the biggest stadium in the, I guess, what's well, in New Jersey, but in that um, in that area, that New York, New Jersey area, is Met Life Stadium, which replaced the old Giants Stadium. And 10 years ago, there was an outpouring there about how dare you take away the name of Giants and we'll call it Meadowlands mm-hmm. as to where it is. But it's Met Life Stadium now as well. So audiences get used to it. Um, but... In terms of what happens with Crypto.com Arena, well, yeah. let's watch the ride. But what are your thoughts on it? On what, sorry? Your thoughts on whether audiences get used to that. I reckon they do. I reckon they will get used to it. Um, I think crypto, crypto is something that's emerging. Uh, so it's only going to see more coverage in the news uh, in the coming years. Um, and that'll help with the name becoming more familiar with people and audiences. So I reckon, I reckon it'll, it'll be good. And let's look forward to the announcers at those uh, games talking about the new arena name. They'll do it, but uh, whether it rolls off the tongue just as well as Staples Centre, we'll find out. Another item this week, Jordan, that caught your eye is a very interesting look at the differences in popularity with some different accounts across social media platforms and how some accounts work really well on some platforms and not on others. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, so uh, Axios is a, is a website we follow a bit here at work and they did a really good uh, look into social media and the social media accounts with the most followers and they found essentially that the major, the big players were really only popular on the one platform. So there's very little overlap between them all. Um, it's, it, it, it matters because what differentiates the social media platforms is no longer their features, but the values of the community there. So what might make one person popular on one platform may not make them even remotely interesting or influential on another. So an example that uh, we saw was Mr Bean, (laughs) beloved Mr Bean, is the fourth most popular page on Facebook, which I wasn't aware of. I was pretty surprised by that, with 125 million followers. Mr. Bean, number four on Facebook. Mr. Bean, number four. Okay. Um, but across on Twitter, just 215,000 followers. So No love for Mr. Bean on Twitter. No love for Mr. Bean on Twitter, sadly. But uh, another good example, uh, Kim Kardashian, 263 million followers on Instagram, but only 1.8 million on YouTube. So that's a okay. massive, massive gap. Yeah. So, yeah, the top five most followed accounts on TikTok, um, they don't even rank in the top 50 on any other social media network. So it's really – I found it fascinating. Um, and I think TikTok's really paved or created a new uh, kind of content creator or social entrepreneur. Um, and they sort of sit in their own market now and – in most cases, as indicated, they don't really see the same success on the other social media platforms. Does this mean that there's reward for people or organisations that 
really try to specialise in one particular platform as opposed to creating content which they just distribute straight across all those platforms? I think it really depends on your industry. I know that for, for sports and for celebrity, I know that Facebook, Twitter and Instagram really work. Um, for communications, Facebook still really works as well. Media, Twitter is a big one again. But media on somewhere like Instagram or TikTok isn't going to really work. However, I think there's benefit in still creating content for all the platforms. I just think what this indicates and what it shows is that you need to create content that is specific to each platform. So you can't just grab our podcast, for example. Some of the points we cover in our podcasts wouldn't suit some of the platforms. So maybe we need to take a section of that that would suit TikTok better and put it there and then take another point that would suit Facebook better and put it there. You know, same thing happens with blogs. You repurpose blogs, different sections for different audiences. I think it's just understanding which audience sits on which platform and how to speak to that audience the best. It's a different feel on some of those platforms too, isn't there? I know if if I'm going into Twitter to scroll through a feed there, I sort of sometimes tend to put my uh, my flak jacket and helmet on just to see some of the vitriol there. Obviously, it's not a place that loves Mr. Bean, but no, whether it is a bit of a different... I guess it, there seems to be at times maybe a fraction warmer feel and oh, well, there's definitely a warmer feel on some other platforms. Is that what you think? Yeah, I, I certainly think so. I think the platforms that are seeing... The, the friendlier audiences generally are the ones that offer more visual stim, visual stimulus, so the, the ones that are very photo and video heavy. I mean, Instagram dominates there, TikTok dominates there, and Snapchat's just crept in in the last year and has really sort of uh, stated, staking its claim. Um, previously, Snapchat was not even in the race there for a bit. It was sort of losing interest amongst audiences so it's, it's good to see that back but it's the visual the visually dominant platforms that are that are really engaging audiences better that way I guess if we look at when you talk about understanding the nuances on these platforms mm-hmm. um, the fact is that the following platforms all offer direct messages live video and photo filters so those three elements are all available through Instagram Facebook Snapchat Twitter LinkedIn, Skype, TikTok and WhatsApp. And then all of those bar TikTok offer stories as well. So there's a familiarity there, isn't there, in what the services are. But as you've shown through some of those stats, there's differences in those uh, audiences according to popularity across the platforms. Definitely. Um, I know each of the social media platforms, and it's... They have their own personality. I know personality is something really big we focus on here at 55Coms. Um, and I know that each of the social media platforms and their various creators need to be aware of the personalities and whether they mesh or don't. I know TikTok favours individual creators that built their presence on the platform. I know YouTube, the, the bigger accounts are music and entertainment. Facebook it gives that edge to brands thanks to its design. It encourages users to like any page, whether or not it produces content. So you can engage with the the brand in any way there. Instagram is a place for celebrity. It offers the opportunity to show off the lifestyle and be a tastemaker. Twitter also rewards celebrity, but on a a smaller scale. People known for their ideas can build a following here really well. 
Um, and it's also the only platform with politicians and business leaders in the top 50 with followers. So That's yeah. not surprising, that no, part of it. It really isn't, no. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it can be uh, a place where uh, I guess its popularity is often boosted, I believe, by the fact that it's a haven for media and, and politicians. Mm-hmm. And they often like to dominate conversations. So it comes up a lot in terms of what media talk about and what politicians talk about. Yeah, absolutely. It's a 24-7 news cycle, so often news is breaking there too. So it's a great source. It has been a great source for news, but uh, it's certainly a, uh, a pool of <laughs> negativity oh, at times as well. can be. Goodness me. So there's some of our elements from this week's Week in Review. So bizarre stadium names mm-hmm. and what's happening in different platforms and social media. Big weekend, Jordan, or quiet weekend? Uh, this weekend I'm headed down the Gold Coast. Uh, I've got to go and uh, I'm on Yacht Club down there. I'm playing some music on Yacht Club, actually. Oh, so wow. that'll be good. But I've realised I need to get going pretty early tomorrow morning. It is the first weekend of schoolies. Of course it is. Yeah, I'm glad that someone reminded me because I would have been shoulder to shoulder with the schoolies on the way down. So I guess I'm technically a toolie this year. You are, you would be too. Yeah, not a proud thing. I'm 26, a bit old. <laughs> You've got many years ahead yet. Yeah. That's true. Well, good luck to all of our year 12s as they head into whatever's Absolutely. next. Yes, it's and exciting times for them. Oh, yeah, enjoy this summer if you're going to uni in a few months' time. It's a great summer. Mm. So have a great weekend, Jordan. We'll talk you to too. you next week. You too, thank you. Thank you.